Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Yeah, so in a breakup, a divorce or any other kind of breakup, who gets the dog? Well, that depends. I mean, did you come into the relationship with the dog? Was it your dog to begin with? Did you pay for the dog? Because at the moment, uh, and this stems from a a court ruling just uh, this month in Newfoundland, where the court ruled that the person who bought the dog is the person who owns the dog and is therefore the person who gets to keep the dog. But one of the interesting arguments in the case came from the uh, other person in the relationship who said, sure, he bought the dog. But he's never home. He's always away. And I'm the one who raises the dog. Uh, I'm the one who looks after the dog. I'm the one who has bonded with the dog. And therefore, I should keep the dog. And you know what? And that's a compelling argument. I think an ideal situation here would be for the two sides to figure that out between themselves and say, okay, you know what? Yeah, you should keep the dog. But these situations are not always amicable. And that's when the courts have to step in. So joining us to talk a bit more about some of the legal issues that arise in these situations and how we view pets in, in all of this, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Russell Alexander. Uh, he's a family lawyer, writes at Family Law LLB, and had an interesting piece on this very issue this week. Russell, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's interesting because, you know, we, we got property like a house or a piece of art or a couch or a chair, and then we've got kids way on the other end of the spectrum. So where, where do pets fit in when it comes to all of this? That's a great question, Rob, and it's a difficult one, especially for families that do not have children. Pets use, are like children to them. They, uh, they, everybody loves their pets. They, they become a member of the family. The, in Ontario, and it appears in Newfoundland, um, the court's approach to it is that whoever bought the pet, the cat or the dog, is considered the owner of that pet and retained ownership after they divorce or get separated. Well, I mean, ownership still applies when it comes to pets. So there, there is some logic to that, would you think? Yeah. It, well, there, you know, there's logic to sharing the pets too, right? As a family member, if, um, if you have a cat and you treat the cat as your child, you know, there's an emotional attachment. Unfortunately, uh, the courts aren't well equipped to deal with that. We're not talking about children. Um, we're talking about a pet. And I think also, Rob, there's a resource argument. There's, only, there's limited amount of judicial resources. Uh, some of the decisions say courts' time could be better spent dealing with more serious issues involving children um, and are reluctant to get involved when it comes to sharing pets or ordering pet custody. Uh, another concern, the courts don't actually come in and say this, but if you read between the lines, there's also a floodgates argument. If the uh, Newfoundland Court of Appeal was to set a precedent that, yes, family courts do have the ability to uh, order uh, joint custody of a pet or an access regime, for example, um, they could be inundated with pet cases. It could right. for many couples who... Um, are fighting for some other improper reason. Maybe they felt they were done wrong during the relationship or there's some infidelity. Um, the pet may be another way to continue the fight and continue to use up court time and resources. 
What's interesting in this case, though, even though the court said, okay, well, the, the man in question bought the pet and there's so ownership, he, he gets the pet. But what's interesting is that the woman in the case said that she was the one who spent more time with the pet. She was the one who had right. the, more of the bond with the pet. And, and how much legal weight should that carry, do you think? Right. Well, the court said not much. So I was thinking about that argument when, um, when I was uh, going to call in for your show today. What if it was a care pet? Or, um, you know, some extenuating circumstance like that. Would a court make an exception? Um, unfortunately, as I indicated, the court doesn't have the resources to deal with these cases. Uh, as a policy ground, if they make the rule clear, the person who owns the pet will keep the pet. It's going to limit a lot of these cases, and it's going to make it easier for lawyers to advise clients. Um, don't go to court unless you own the pet. Don't. Don't don't spend time and money arguing over that. What's interesting, because, you know, we, we got a family pet uh, a couple of years ago, and my wife and I, I mean, we have joint accounts, so we bought the dog, essentially paid for the dog, um, with money that I think would be considered ours. So, you know, I mean, God forbid we would ever get to that point, but, I mean, how would you even establish in a situation like that who, who bought the dog? It's sort of a gray area. I know when you buy a, a purebred dog, they're usually registered to one person. There's a certificate. You get a dog from the pound, you usually fill out a form of some kind. Or even if you get a dog from a pet store, quite often they'll give you a receipt. Um, so if it was purchased on your credit card, um, you would obviously get it. If it was drawn out of a debit account with from joint funds, that makes it a bit grayer you'd probably want to go to the actual document that was handed uh, to you when you bought the vet pet by the, the pet store or the vendor or the breeder to see what it specifically says. It's interesting. So, I mean, you know, these issues aren't new. I mean, couples have, have been splitting up for a long time. These matters have been going to court for a long time. Obviously, people having pets isn't anything new. But what, why does this seem to be coming up more these days? Well, could be social media, right? We're picking up more. We pick up more of these cases. Uh, people are consuming more news these days. It's, um, it certainly is a problem that will affect many families if you consider how many pet owners there are in your town or community. Yeah. Um, it could be a number of reasons. And, you know, there historically there are some cases that go the other way where a judge has ordered um, non-owner to get the to get the pet and treated the pet as property. Uh, the Court of Appeal hasn't gone that far, and I don't think the Court of Appeal for policy reasons will go that far. So I guess that leaves us with an interesting question is, what do you do? You know, you've got a pet, you're getting separated. You don't know if you have the paperwork or you're pretty sure your spouse uh, purchased the pet. What do you do if you want to keep the pet? Um, from a practical point of view, what I would say is uh, work at a resolution outside of the court system. I had a client uh, a number of years ago whose main and only goal was to get the cat. Um, and uh, that's all he wanted was the cat. And so uh, and at one point, the other spouse said she had lost the cat, uh, which was really quite traumatic for my client. The cat was located, so he forego his interest. He forego his interest in the home, so he can get the cat. That's how far he was prepared to go. Uh, so he attended at the other lawyer's office uh, to sign off, transfer 
the title documents. And I asked the other lawyer, well, where's this cat? And they had the cat in the boardroom, locked up. They were worried somebody was going to open the door and the cat was going to run across the street and disappear. Um, So there are people who go to some fairly uh, extreme measures to ensure they get their pet. But that's sort of the exception, not the norm. Yeah. Uh, it, it appears in Newfoundland, certainly in Ontario, um, the courts can have very little patience for any uh, lawyer or any um, any family member who goes to court seeking um, custody of a cat or a dog. Right. Well, understandably so, as you say, limited resources. So the ideal solution here is for folks to put aside their differences, whatever's going on between them, and if uh, they can work out some arrangements between right. them, right, all the better. I don't think the court's going to give you um, a satisfactory answer, especially if you are not the pet owner. Uh, if you are the pet owner, um, you're probably uh, you're probably going to be on steady ground if there's a dispute. Yeah. Well, important points to consider. As mentioned, more at uh, familyllb.com. Russell, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Thanks. Have a good afternoon. Oh, you do. There you go. Family lawyer Russell Alexander. I like this text from Glenn. It says, just clone Rover and get on with life, people. <laughs> you know, you can do that. Uh, the other thing, too, and I mean, it seems to me I, it would be pretty easy. If you've got the dog, or you split up with your significant other, you have the dog with you, uh, all goes to court, and the judge says, no, so-and-so gets the dog. Yeah, yeah, the dog ran away. What are you going to do? Uh, dog died. So, yeah, too bad. I, so I don't know. How, how, would, how would you have to prove that? You just call your friend and say, listen, I'm going to keep the dog at your house for a little while here. And um, as far as anyone needs to know, the dog ran away. So there's probably room for some shenanigans in there, too, I would suspect. Uh, let's go to the phones, uh, shall we? Don, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. The question I got is, and I don't know, it might have been answered, but what happens if you wrote a check for out of your joint account? Are you paid with a credit card that's paid from your joint account? I know that, for example, if you owe the government money and your wife doesn't and you have a joint account, they can't touch the money. Yeah. If you wrote a check out of a joint account, dog or the animal belongs to both of you, no matter who wrote the check. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, as the guest said, it would be kind of a gray area. So I don't know how the courts would decide that. Maybe they'd have to look at other factors then, like who's nicer to animals or who really wants the dog or who spends more time with the pet or whatever. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, because that's probably the reality with most couples who have pets, that they've got it together. Yeah. Well, put the dog against the far wall and the couple in opposite corners and see where the dog goes to. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe, Don. Yeah, I might come to that. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, that'd be interesting. Anyway, 974-8255-974-TALK. Uh, we've got a lot more to get to. we got to take a quick break here, though. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.